Welcome to The Rentals, The Bottom Line, a podcast featuring conversations and interviews with people from around the rental industry, with a look at the challenges, questions, goals, and tips that business owners want to know about and have answered. Welcome to another episode of Rentals, The Bottom Line. I'm Alexis Brum, editor of Rental. Today, I sat down with Rob Messina, who just this past February rejoined JLG's access team as senior vice president of product development and management. JLG has made a mission to create innovative new products like the all-electric DaVinci AE 1932 scissor lift with the goal of elevating the access industry. Let's get to the bottom of that now. So welcome, Rob. First, can you please introduce yourself and tell us more about you and your background? Thanks, Alexis. I'm Rob. You know, a little bit about my background. I spent 15 years in auto in the Detroit area, there where you're at. And I've been with Oshkosh and JLG for the last 13 years. I've worked on various product development or innovation projects across the company. But I've had at least five years dedicated to access equipment or JLG projects specifically. It's been a great, it's been a great career, really. The aerial industry has seen quite a few new technologies come to light recently with the new ANSI changes and technological advancements in general. What is JLG doing in relation to product development when it comes to things like connected products, mobility, things like that? So I think, you know, JLG was an early, early adopter, we'll call it, as an OEM, an early adopter of connected product technology. We launched Clear Sky Telematics in 2008. And frankly, we've seen a, a big evolution in the connected product space over the last 12 to 15 years. So what we have now is quite a bit different than what we launched with. And we continue to work on connectivity. Connectivity is a big part of the future of many industries, not just the construction industry. When we, so one, we're doing a lot when it comes to connectivity. We've launched several apps via the Apple store or in Android devices. You can go get those now, whether it's augmented reality or advanced battery management. We've got a lot of stuff out there to help the end user. But there are other techs that we're working on, like you talked about mobility. A great one is the self-level chassis we introduced at ConExpo last year. This changes the game when it comes to on, on-site mobility. And if you haven't had a chance to be in one, you need to get in one. It just changes that um, from a user standpoint. Um, it changes the dynamic significantly. We can deal with twice the side slope now. We can deal with unimproved grades. Um, it just, in terms of comfort, user comfort, it's just a, a game changer. Um, autonomy is another area when I think about our parent company, Oshkosh. You know, we've been developing uh, autonomous products starting in 2003 through military work um, and the DARPA Grand Challenges. But in 2010, we automated a telehandler um, a 5K with leader follower technology. And just the market was not really ready or did not express a lot of interest in that. But as, so that was 10 years ago now. Um, You will see over the next 10 to 15 years with the auto companies adopting what we call moments of autonomy, 
What that translates to, Alexis, in spin-out tech is lower cost sensing suites, more readily available um, software and app, app application layer um, development that doesn't just all have to be homegrown. There's lots of folks to partner with. You will see our industry start to adopt moments of autonomy. Um, probably the other big one, in more near term, you are going to see a shift to electrification. You're seeing it in the construction space. You know, the industrial equipment from a GLG or, a, you know, an AWP standpoint, industrial equipment has been electrified for a long time, largely following the, uh, you know, the forklift style of electrification, battery-based electrification. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to start to see migration of the construction equipment to electrification. Whether it's regular regulatory requirements driving it, noise, total cost of ownership, many drivers, but again, when these mass quantities are being consumed in other markets, they're driving prices down of electrified components and subsystems and driving the maturity and reliability up, which makes our market ripe for adoption. Yeah, that's great. A lot of new innovations coming out. How are you going about helping customers understand these new technologies and their evolution? Yeah, so that's real interesting. Through our rental channel partners, we are starting to spend quite a bit more time on job sites partnering with um, the rental companies to engage the end user. There's, you know, there's a significant number of people that use our equipment and you while we'd like to get everyone access to all the latest technology, that can be hard. Um, so these end user engagements we're seeing and finding are very productive in terms of teaching the end user about what's really available and out there. And as we get into this phase of rapid evolution of tech and the convergence of a lot of different technologies into our you know, construction equipment, mm -hmm. it's important that you have that end user engagement to truly showcase what's going on. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the past, present, and the future. Can you share with me where JLG is now and the evolution of where the company wants to go with integrating new technologies into aerial products? Well, I think where we're at is we're constantly in, in perpetually trying to innovate. And maybe how I would describe it is the industry started with John L. Grove in 1969, identifying the need to improve operator safety at height, improve productivity of operators at height. That was the advent of the access market. Uh, many companies, not just GLG, are trying to innovate, but the innovation is really has to focus on how do we improve end user experience? How do we understand the jobs to be done? And as, again, if we talk about combining tech, as you see more and more connected machines that gives you visibility to more and more operator use cases, that's what circles back into how do we shift the design of a piece of equipment, the functionality of a piece of equipment to truly benefit the end user. So if I had to describe where we're at today, it's 
it's been the slow, steady pace of innovation, constantly innovating. Where are we trying to go? We, from our standpoint, we want perfect. We want the industry to have zero accidents. Um, we want safety, productivity. We've talked quite a bit, and I know this is a little bit out there, but leveraging the defense space and the idea of the survivability onion. There's all layers of technology that can help improve productivity and safety. So we want a tech in each one of those layers. The safest place for an operator to be, though, don't have them be at height. Figure out a way to do the job from the ground. Um, so if you, had to, if you had to ask me what the far out vision is, it's how do we enable work at height without putting an operator at height, but still get the same job done with that operator. That's going to lead us perfectly into our next question, but we are going to take a quick break right now. So as I mentioned, that last answer of yours really led into this question. We're going to focus on safety. Aerial falls are a huge cause of concern across the industry. So how is JLG making a conscious effort to improve customers' productivity and safety? Well, you know, the first thing is we got to get folks into aerial work platforms. When we move from a ladder, which ladders have their place, but when we move into um, a platform with falls, restraint and um, we're compliant say to standards um, you've seen with anti-9220 you know the focus on improving from an industry regula regulation standpoint um, we have a number of regulatory requirements that ensure stability at height and we are always focused on first get off the ladder and into a platform. Where we're going, like we talked about before, and this is a long-term vision, it's not a short-term play, is we want to find a way to get operators in a position where they don't have to be at height to do the work. So the in-between is what we're talking about. From here to there, how do we make sure we have sensing suites that understand where an operator is at from a proximity to objects. Um, how is the machine functioning? The more real-time information we can gather with, again, sensing suites um, and different uh, approaches to control systems, the higher your opportunity to, uh, I'll say, continue on this march to, I'll say, no operators at height. It's really a tricky question, Alexis, because at the end of the day, everything we do, once you get an operator in basket it, or a platform, is significantly safer than being in an unconstrained environment. There's, there's just no doubt about it. Um, but once you're at height, it's incremental. You know, um, SkyGuard is a great example. Skyline. These are things we can do with technology that's being matured to continue improving the productivity while we maintain that safe um, operator envelope at height. We're going to switch gears just a little bit here and 
What do you think has been one of the biggest and most important lessons rental business owners can take with them from last year and everything that happened into 2021? Well, one, for sure, we're going to see migration from the pure downtown congested city centers to maybe the suburbs. I don't think we're going to see mass exodus from cities. But as we move to more spread out um, yet urban areas, that will change the type of equipment that um, maybe from a usage standpoint or utilization rate. Mm -hmm. I think in general, a big lesson is no matter what is happening, construction doesn't stop. We still need infrastructure. We still need uh, maintenance. Um, while the job to be done might change slightly, I think the biggest, from my perspective, the biggest lesson we learn is that we need to continue providing equipment that allows safe, productive work. And even when we get into the exact nuances of <clears throat> the pandemic still need to make sure we're, you know, following that core premise of the safest, you know, safety and productivity are what, that's what we're trying to enable our end user to do in whatever environment they're in. Yeah, safety is huge right now and it will yeah. be moving forward. So what do you think, if you had a crystal ball, what do you think will be the future of the industry? And what do you think the next five years hold? You talked a little bit about electrification. Is, is that the future? What do you think? Well, one, we hope for continued peace. peace. We hope for that. We hope for prosperity. Mm -hmm. um, I like to say hope is not a strategy. The, you know, on the other side of it, hope springs eternal. So when you ask me what I hope for, well, I hope for peace and prosperity. I believe that we will see continued trends in infrastructure and um, construction. I think we'll continue to see that. When we talk about product and technology, for sure, you're going to see increasing legislation and regulations that drive us to electrification. Um, absolutely. Second one you're going to see is big. I don't want to call them step changes because we're living in this world now. But the connectivity, the level of connectivity, the interactiveness of the connectivity is going to continue to evolve rapidly, um, and that's everyone's on steady march to do that. Um, with with JLD specifically, I talked a little bit about SLC or self-level chassis. I think this is an important tech going to change the way you can interface the machine. But I think the reality is over the next five years, it's important that we don't lose sight of who we're serving. And at the end, we want everyone to go home from the job site in the same condition they arrived at the job site. And we cannot lose sight of that. Um, there's just so many, we call them megatrends. There are so many factors that we can't control. What the pandemic did, we can't control that. Um, the only thing we can control is our response to that right. stimulus. Mm -hmm. So I think we just have to stay focused on safety, productivity. Um, again, electrification, connectivity are there. In you know the tech side of my mind, I'm always focused on autonomy. 
you know, I'm always focused on um, the safest place to be there. Don't be there. That's the safest, safest place to be. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think we're going to see a lot of change. I, I think when you look at the conditions right now, we need it. We, we need the infrastructure. We, we're seeing the shift in demographic where they're, um, I don't want to call it the great migration, but we're seeing the movement. And we're seeing the movement is not to pure rural, it's just out of super densely packed environment. So these, these are the things that I think you'll see over the next five years. I, I, I do think that industry is going to be healthy, continue to be healthy, which is good for all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me today. That's all the questions I have for you. Okay, Alexis, thanks a lot for giving me the opportunity to give my uh, input there. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. And that is our episode for you today. Thank you so much to Rob for his time and his insights. Make sure to tune in every other Wednesday for another episode of Rentals The Bottom Line on 4constructionpros.com. And don't forget to subscribe now so you can stay on top of the bottom line. Thanks for listening.